When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to Tremendous Leadership with Dr. Tracy Jones. Hello, Tremendous Leadership fans. Welcome to the Tremendous Leadership Leaders on Leadership podcast, where we pull back the curtain on leadership and talk with leaders from all ages and stages of their life what it takes to pay the price of leadership. And today I am so excited because I have a very special guest. Her name is Madeline Frank, PhD, and Dr. Frank helps businesses and organizations tune up their business. And you'll understand that shortly. Her speaking and writing reveal the blueprints necessary to improve, grow, and expand any business. She is an Amazon.com best-selling author, world-traveled concert artist, and I've heard her phenomenal CD. She's unbelievably talented musically, and she's a teacher and a parent. Her latest book, Leadership on a Shoestring Budget is available everywhere books are sold. And I had the honor. Madeline sent me a copy and I read it and I absolutely adored it. So Madeline, welcome to the podcast. It's so good to see you, Tracy. Thank I've you. been looking forward to it so long. Well, for our listeners out there, Madeline and I are really kind of recent fast friends, several months, correct? Yes, that's true. And she made my day by ordering some books off our website. And I got back in touch with her. And as I typically do, I included a copy of Sparks and some other things. And that just promoted a a sisterhood. And we started connecting and she sent me her books. And she had me on her podcast. And I'm like, well, I need to have you on my cast. So here we are, Madeline, you just never know how God's going to connect you with tremendous people. Yeah, you're just awesome. And I'm so happy to have met you and work with you. Thanks, Madeline. Well, let's get right into it. So our listeners love leadership and they are very seasoned leaders. And my father, who loved all things leadership, had a very pragmatic approach to leadership. He knew how tough it was. And he knew that if you're going to be doing leadership, there's a price you're going to have to pay. The first price he talked about was loneliness. Okay. And what he really meant there is that you're the one that sets the pace, that paves the way. We've all heard that it's lonely at the top and there's really no one that can lead except for you. So Melon, can you tell me about an experience in your life where you knew as a leader that the direction you had to go was the one you needed to go and where and when you knew you had to make your stand? One of the leaders of my family owned construction and management company, I was in charge of putting on the new roofs on these two-story buildings. Now, all roofs, as you know, are supposed to keep us dry, and homes and apartments are shingled roofs. But this particular roof have a plastic membrane, and they have to be put on just right. So if there are any gaps or bubbles, the water leaks down. So I went down to the job site because the roofers had been working on these two-story roofs. I climbed up the two-story ladder, 26 feet in the air with my camcorder over my shoulder, and started to look down at the roofs, to look for bubbles and gaps. And then suddenly I heard, as I was looking down, a herd of elephants coming towards me. And I decided I better stand up straight and see what's going on here. 
And I realized it was the head roofer, big guy, looked like a football linebacker. And he was waving his arms and he was very angry. He looked like one of those bulls that were just terribly angry. Anyway, he's coming towards me. He finally gets a foot in front of me. I remain calm. I look him in the eye and I stand my ground because he's waving. I didn't want to fall over off the roof. And he yells at me, I want $3,000 right now. And I just remain calm. I keep looking at him. I let him finish. And then I said, do you remember the $3,000 I gave you three days ago for the roof? He makes no comment. I said, I'm sorry. I pretended to put my hands by my pocket. I don't carry that kind of money with me. Let's see. Is there an ATM on the roof? And he's looking around to see if he can find one. And then he started to move away. And I decided to pack up the camcorder and get off the roof Mm -hmm. as fast as I could. I learned several strategies from this experience. One, stand your ground. Look the toxic person in the eye. Let them vent. Just listen. Then go ahead and comment. But don't step back and fall off the roof. That's another thing. It's terribly exciting job. It is terribly lonely. But you have to admit that when it gets finished, it's such a wonderful thing. Right. Well, that, and that's beautiful. That's what my dad would say. The price of leadership is tough, but in the end, it's so worth it. Otherwise, it wouldn't be worth paying it. And I love that you really said, hey, you may be the only one at that time to deflect what's coming and you have to can't run back. My dad always said that too. You can't lead with a committee and you may be the one that has to stand there and answer. Okay, so along with loneliness, Madeline, tell me about a time where you had to get started on leading an action when everyone else was just talking about it, thinking or planning. And we've all been through that as leaders. We all want to get input from everybody. But how do you know when a leader, hey, it's time to bite the proverbial bullet and we need to pull that trigger and go? My greatest enjoyment is helping students by encouraging, motivating them to get their dreams. I received a call from a mother of a high school student. She said to me that her husband's employer had recommended me as a violin teacher, that even though I was a woman, because she would rather have a man for her son, she would try me out. And then she said, my son is lazy and stupid. And I said to her, first thing, you can't do that anymore. You can't say that to him or anybody else about him if you want him to study with me, you're going to have to say positive things to him. The next day, a young man walked in with multicolored hair, an earring, strange looking clothes, with his head down, looking depressed. We began to work on the scales, the etudes, the pieces, and the state orchestra audition music that he wanted to try out for in five weeks. He started to play and he played so beautifully. He had so much talent. And I told him so. We worked on the materials that day, and I could see he was beginning to evolve even then. The next week, a young man with a smile on his face, neatly dressed, with his head up, eagerly walked through my class door. He wanted to get busy on the materials, and he'd done tremendous work. And I told him so, and he began to blossom like a flower. By the fifth week, the day before the audition, he was doing such a beautiful job. And I told him so. I said, you're going to do just wonderfully well tomorrow. I can tell. He had transformed. It was just amazing, Tracy. Yes. A few days later, I received a call from him. It sounded like there was a smile on his voice in the telephone. He said, I made number one out of 40 violinists. I'm the concert master. 
I'm so happy. And I said, I knew you could do it. I'm so proud of your work. This young man had transformed because of the honest, sincere compliments I gave him. It helped him transform to see that he was capable to do the job, which I knew he was. It's so important to help people by giving them honest, sincere compliments, to help them, encourage them to do their best. The same thing we have to do to ourselves, we have to do to others as well. It well, makes such a difference. I love your spin on loneliness. It's not only loneliness as a leader, but also keeping an eye on if someone on our team or under our tutelage is lonely because it's a real thing. And then in helping them realize they're not alone. You know, they, they do have value. They do have, because that's what loneliness is. You just feel like, you know, nobody likes you. Everybody hates you. You know, that little ditty as a kid, I'm going to go home and eat worms, you know, and, and then you let them know, no, you do have value worth. So I love your take on loneliness, Madeline. Okay. Next, we're going to talk about weariness, which is a real thing. Okay. And if you're going to be doing anything worthwhile, you know, as well as I do, even in a perfect world, there's going to be times when you're going to be carrying way more of the load because you're the leader than other people. So how do you handle the pace and this attitude from others that we need not work so hard and take it easy. You see this a lot out there. How do you deal with that? Well, I don't pay any attention to people that tell me not to work less. You lead by example. You lead by putting one foot in front of the other and taking action until you solve the problem or work out the project. And that's the way I do things. I don't believe in sitting on the sideline. I believe in leading, standing beside people, helping them get the job done. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then how do you handle the burden and the responsibility of leadership? Because as they say, heavy is the head that wears the crown. How do you deal with that? It is a heavy burden being a leader, but you're the one who's responsible. If something goes wrong, you're the person. It's like President Harry Truman said, the buck stops here. Mm -hmm. One day I received a call from one of the businesses of the buildings that we rent and manage. And he said, the building is falling apart. We have somebody here who doesn't know how to fix the exterior on the stucco. It's just falling off. Come and see what happened. I brought a plastic bag, hopped in the car and went down to look. The person who was doing it, I hadn't hired him. I don't know who did, but it was my job to fix it. I immediately called on my cell phone an expert who knew how to fix stucco buildings. And I said, you have to come now. I need the help now. He sorted it out and fixed it. It cost tremendous extra money to do the work to fix the wall, but it was worth it. Your job as leader is to fix it. It doesn't matter who did the problem, you fix it. It is a wearisome job, but when it's all fixed and looking good again, wow, you get energized just by it. Well, I mean, that's so important because a lot of times leaders, and, and I was on a board recently where something like that, we had contracted out to somebody to do some work. And guess what? Every month, it's still not fixed. Still not fixed. So it's like, listen, we're not going with these guys anymore. You need to call somebody else. I don't care what it costs. You just don't keep throwing bad cost and bad time. Somebody's got to come in and fix it. These guys aren't, we can't just keep talking about this. So that, that's a really great point for leaders. Your job isn't there. You know, you, some people are like, well, we're just going to manage what is. No, you need to fix it. And if who you hired isn't getting it done, you need to bring somebody else in to fix it. I've had to do that many times. It's a fact of life because it's very, it's unproductive weariness when you just what was that? Einstein is the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. They've already tried to fix it 10 times. The 11th time it ain't going to fix. So let's move on. All right, Madeline, tell me about your growing pains and how you stay motivated to keep showing up. I keep being motivated to work by waking up early every morning 
at 5.30 because I want to read books that will feed my mind and give me new ideas that can help solve the problems or show me how to fix something better. So I write the ideas down and then I think about them. Many times I'll write articles and hand them to people that I think would be helped by reading that particular. But I find it energizes me and gets the day started on a positive note so I can encourage myself and work forward on what I need to do. And can you tell me, so my father always said one of my favorite lines was, most people have a thick skin and a hard heart, when in reality, we need a thin skin and a soft heart. Can you tell me how you've transformed as a leader in this regard? I transformed myself when I began to realize that babies have blank pages and that you have to be careful what you write on those pages. You have to write positive, motivating things, Mm -hmm. giving them hope. It's the same way with yourself and other people. You have to be careful what you write on their blank pages. You have to give them an honest, sincere compliment. When they're down, they're depressed, you have to make them smile so they can think clearly. Mm. You have to approach it differently. You and I know we work better when people speak to us with respect kindness. We don't work well with people that are shouting and annoying us. So this is the thing about the blank pages. We have to stop and think and then say something complimentary, Mm -hmm. even something simple, but just calm that person down Mm -hmm. because they can't think, they can't work. Right. And so then how do you handle, that's us saying that to them, how do you handle the critic, the biting tongues, the critical spirits? How do you handle that? When it comes on us, everything that we try and do for others, the opposite gets returned to us. How how do you stay? Because that can really just quench your spirit. Every day to encourage myself beginning early in the morning, I write in a gratitude list, a full sentence of what I'm grateful for that day, what's going to go well, what occurs. And I learned to do this from Dr. Dealey Picardo Johansson a medical doctor and life coach, and a best-selling author of the new book, Bouncing Back. She said to me, through reading this book, (laughs) that the best tool that she can give her patients and her physician's group that she leads is the gratitude journal. She says she has them write the five things that they're grateful for that day in complete sentences so that You're pouring out your gratitude. You're pouring out positive things that are taking place so that you're setting yourself up for success and encouragement, motivating yourself for the day. And then at the end of the evening, before you go to sleep, you read these encouraging statements. You savor them, she says, and you say, thank you, thank you, thank you, as you're reading them. So you're becoming positive inside. As you and I know, you have to work to be happy. It doesn't happen if you don't work at it. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah I love it. That is, that is so encouraging. And the gratitude journal is so important because otherwise we get weary because we think about what didn't happen, right? And we're forgetting all the wonderful things that have happened. So thank you for that, Madeline. All right. Next is abandonment. And my father would say that abandonment This is not a negative abandonment, but this is abandoning what you like and want to think about in favor of what you ought and need to be focused on. So how do you spend focused? How do you stay focused? You have a lot of things that you do. How do you stay focused on really the best and highest use of your time and what you need to spend time on? I stay focused because 
of your dad, Tracy. Charlie Tremendous Jones's book, Leadership is for You, he told the story about the Ivy Lee method. This method has been around for 103 years. Ivy Lee was a productivity specialist. Right. And he taught, I call him the king of Bethlehem Steel. He was, right. He taught him how he handed him a sheet of paper and said, write the six most important things that you have to do the next day. And then put the number one thing you have to do first, the number two, number three. In other words, prioritize them. And then he said, tomorrow, first do the first thing until you've completed it fully, and then do the second and third. And then what you don't finish, put those on the top of the list for the next day, and then add three more. And this is how I stay focused with what I have to do for the day Mm -hmm. and keeps me positive moving in the right direction so I don't get sidetracked. Well, I couldn't agree more. That Ivy Lee method, for those of you that are listening, you've heard me talk about it numerous times. You hear Madeline talk about it. It is absolutely sheer brilliance. And there are little templates online that you can do it automatically. I just do it old school. And today is already in the can. Tomorrow's, the preparation for how great tomorrow's going to be starts today. And so it's just a productivity expert. You just, just, that's the, to me, that's the ultimate focus tool. I just, I absolutely adore it. And then Madeline, so how do you ensure you do more every day to be a success than you do to be a failure? Because my dad would always say that to me. I thought he was the most successful man in the world. And he's like, oh, Tracy, I could be so much more successful. I do more in a day to contribute to my failure than success. How do you balance that out? Because of thinking and starting that day, learning new things, writing down the ideas. Okay. And also the gratitude journal. I stay in a positive frame mm-hmm. so I can handle whatever happens, <laughs> plus or minus. I can handle it in a calmer manner so that I can think clearly because you and I know that when you're discombobulated, so to speak, you don't think clearly. Mm-hmm. But if you're working to be on an even keel, you're focused. I love it. And you're here in the now so you can do the work. I love it. Well, and I call that spinning or people are just like, I'm spinning. And I'm like, yes, that we need to be very, very focused. So how do you give up being discouraged? And I think you've already alluded to a lot of this, but I love, I love this question. I don't think of discouragement. The idea is to think forward, always to think forward. Mm. You don't go back. Mm -hmm. You want to take what you have to work with and you want to get all the facts down on the piece of paper so that you can figure out how to fix the problem. That's what you're supposed to do. Okay, I love it. And that is true. And you know what? Discouragement is an emotion. You don't operate from that, okay? Like you said, and my dad would say that, make a decision, make it yours and die by it. And it was like, there are, there is no other option. And once you do that, you cut the thumb sucking out because you're like, that is non-value added. It is what it is. Let's just learn from it pick up and go. Okay. Lastly, he talked about vision and this is really good after abandonment. And he always said, vision is really just seeing what needs to be done and doing it. Nothing more than that. Not just sitting there spinning or thinking or wishing or, or feeling. So how do you gain clarity? Well, I think the most important thing is to thank people for their work, which we do at our radio show, as you know, because we, we interviewed you this month as an engineer, as a leader, as a veteran, as a teacher, who teaches so many leaders how to think and the best way to proceed. We want to honor people and thank them for contributing to the world. We also honor scientists, medical doctors, 
chemists, biologists, all of these great people who've invented cures for diseases, new products to keep us safe, who made a change in the world for the better to help all of us and help mankind. And all these people have in common the fact that they began playing musical instruments as children and they continue to play them to work on their different investigations. It helped them to think better, to concentrate. So I think just like we had mentors that meant so much that helped us when we were down and we didn't believe in ourselves, we have these great, wonderful people who've inspired us and helped us. And we have to give the gratitude back. We stand, as I have always said, on the shoulders of the mentors and teachers who've made us who we are today, who encouraged us, inspired us when we had no inspiration at all and we didn't feel we could do it. But they lent us their belief and it finally would kick in and we were able to do our work. And that's what we do. We pass on the torch to the next generation. Beautiful. You and I and all the others. I love it. Because vision is meant to be shared. It's not just ours. It lights the way for everybody and vision builds. You have a PhD too. It, it, you contribute that one new drop of knowledge into the existing CNA knowledge. It's, it's not, you don't, you don't own it. And it's a beautiful thing. Madeline, what is one of the greatest epiphanies that you had while building your organization? My greatest epiphany is what positivism will do for other people and humor. You can have somebody come in the building and look like the worst thing in the world happened to them. And the first thing you want to do is smile at them mm -hmm. and give them a compliment. It's such even a simple thing. Oh, what a beautiful shirt you're wearing, blouse, suit, whatever. You want to just see them curve those lips up a little bit. Uh -huh. You want to just see them look a little bit happier or tell them something funny. The whole idea is to change, as the goes the sourpuss, into something more positive. Because you and I know we, we can't work with a sourpuss. We, we should, you can't get anything done. You, right. you, have, you have to change them. I love it. And how do you grow in wisdom, which is another word for vision? I keep growing every day. It's a matter of learning new things, to get excited about seeing something in a new way. I just love to learn new things. Read books, listen to podcasts, anything that will make me be better and more knowledgeable is important. I love it. So Madeline, we have covered loneliness, weariness, abandonment, and vision. Anything else that we have not really touched on from a leadership perspective that you would like to share with our tremendous listeners? I think you've covered it. I think you've covered a lot of stuff. I have lots of notes. I'm glad I, I'm always glad I record this because I'm like, man, that that's gold. And I know our listeners probably know this, but I played violin too. And I could have used you as a coach because I made county orchestra, but not state. But I'm sure if I would have been under your tutelage, I would have. You would have. I love it. Okay, Madeline. Madeline, what is the best way for our listeners to get in touch with you? Well, I would say to go on to one of my websites, uh, www.madeline, M-A-D-E-L-I-N-E, Frank, F-R-A-N-K, V-I-O-L-A.com, or to go on to my other site, which has a lot of the articles that I write, and that would be www.madelinefrank.com. Excellent. And you mentioned your books on Amazon, Leadership on a Shoestring Budget. You have other books, though. You want to tell our listeners the titles of those? Sure. One is called Musical Notes on Math. It's how to teach your child how to do fractions and decimals the easy way through the rhythm of music. My young son came home one day. He was quite 
quite upset, almost in tears. He couldn't understand what fractions were and decimals. Here he was in the public school and the, the teacher, he said, just didn't know what to do. So I got to thinking. I remember what my professor at Juilliard said, rhythm is math, math is rhythm. Mm -hmm. And my hobby was collecting math books at the time, of all things. So I grabbed a sheet of paper and drew a circle, a whole note, four counts held. And then I said, four over four is equal to what? And he said, one. I said, a one whole. A whole note in music is four counts held. Right. And so I explained them that that's 100 pennies over 100 pennies. That's one. And then I started dividing in half. A half plus a half is a whole. One half plus one half is one whole. And I did the fractional equivalence. Anyway, I broke it down and made it easy because he was taking the violin. And I showed him the equivalence so he could see it. And suddenly the light bulb went on and he started smiling and looking cheerful. We worked on this for a couple of days and he went in. And then I got a call from the teacher who said, I don't get it. How come he's the only one? He said, would you come in and help me? So I said, fine. I, I went in to show him my, my little method. And then a couple of days later, I got a call from the dean of the college that I teach locally. She said, now, Madeline, are you working with one of your kids to show them an equivalent between fraction and decimals to the rhythm of music. I said, yeah, how did that get to you? He said, well, one of my students is a teacher at the local school and he's trying to use your work for my class. And she said, you're gonna publish it right now, aren't you? And I, you and I know I hadn't given it a thought, but that's when I decided I was going to publish it because maybe it would help some other child that didn't understand. I love it. And for our listeners out there, you check that out too, because I think I was good at math because I was played the violin, started in second grade and then the cello. I mean, math is beautiful and it is like music. It's, it's like a recipe. It's a very, you follow what you see and that's how you get it. You know, so I love that. And then Madeline, where can our listeners get some of your um, recordings? I love to play and I love to see people smile. And I've had the pleasure of playing all over the world. And if if you're interested, there's there's uh, on my website. If you go on, you'll see the link for Madeline's Midnight Melodies. That was a recording I made for my mom, who she had certain things that she loved. So I put many of those pieces on there. And some of them are helpful. I used to go and play in hospitals to help people get better sooner. It was important to me. I would ask them whether they liked classical or jazz, and then I'd, I'd play them a piece. But it's just amazing how when you play the right music that they love, they can get better. Right. Well, my, one of my dad's little speeches was called The Three Therapies of Life, and music is one of them. And he would say, and he loved classical, he loved big bands, he loved bagpipes. And he would say there are times when his heart was so broken, but he put on music. And that was just such a blessing and such a healing sab to him. So he was, he really was like, uh, yeah, humor is beautiful, people, but but music is definitely a th one of the therapies of life. And I love that. Get better sooner. And music does that. Yes. yes. Awesome. Well, Madeline, I can't thank you enough for our listeners. The show notes are down there. You please be sure and you connect with Madeline. She's an amazing resource. If you have kiddos out there with math, get her book. If, you, if you're running a business on a shoestring budget, I read both those books. I have her CDs and she is just a tremendous individual. If you like what you heard, 
please be sure and hit the subscribe button so you don't miss another issue and leave us a comment in the honor of a rating. We'd be so thankful for that. Please reach out, drop us a comment about what you thought. We hope you got some tremendous value about what it takes to pay the price of leadership. Madeline, thank you again. So gracious to have you here. You're awesome. Right back at you. Takes one to know one. (laughs) All right, tremendous tribe. Thank you so much for everything. Keep on paying the price of leadership. Have a tremendous rest of your day. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Tremendous Leadership with Dr. Tracy Jones. Find out more about Dr. Jones at www.tremendousleadership.com. If you've been ignited by something you heard in this episode, let us know by leaving a review for Tremendous Leadership wherever you listen to podcasts or by sending us a message through www.tremendousleadership.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.